This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is Sean Tall Emmanuel, the CTO and co-founder of Lime Loop. How are you? Great. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. I've been a fan of your company for a long time, and then we just connected somehow. It's great. Good timing. But first of all, tell us about you and, and your background, and then we'll talk about Lion Loop a little bit. Yeah, I'd love to. So I am a software engineer by trade, so I had kind of a, a woundy road to, to <laughs> getting to Lime Loop. But you know, I grew up around computers I and in and, and that kind of generation that saw the before and after, right? So my mom was doing her master's program when I was a kid. And literally watched her go from typing out things on the typewriter to using a word processor. So I think it's ingrained in me from the very beginning, kind of the multiplier that technology can be, right? So you can take one person and how much more you can get done from behind a computer screen. And so straight out of college, I actually worked for New York Cares, which is a volunteer management organization out of New York City. And so me, just kind of a lowly person right out of college, was able to, you know, organize thousands of volunteer slots a month because of how we're able to leverage databases to do that. So it sounds like I'm nerding out and I, I do nerd out on it, but just kind of really always looked at ways of how I can take my impact and multiply that out 10, 100,000 times fold, which brought me out to the Bay Area as it does most software engineers at some point in, in their right. career, which is where I met my, my now co-founder, Ashley Atling, when I worked for her as a lead engineer on a previous startup that she founded. So it all makes sense in the end, but it just really was based <laughs> on this love of technology and, and how do I do this to do good? Because there's so many things that people are building that you know can have different impact on the world, positive or negative. And how did I make sure that I was on the positive end of that? I love that. And I think I've only had two people on the show so far, and I think you're number 126 that actually planned on going into packaging. So <laughs> it's very rare that anyone actually plans to go or intends to go like when they're young, like, hey, I want to sell boxes or I want to be in packaging. <laughs> pretty yeah, definitely not, solving my own normal. problem. As an avid <laughs> online shopper, I was part of the problem. So I need, I need to create a solution for myself that just so happens to work for lots of other people. <laughs> Well, it's a brilliant solution. Let's let's talk about Lime Loop. Can you can you tell us who invented it and what it is? Yeah. So Lime Loop is a smart reusable packaging company. And so how it came about is that previous startup that I mentioned that I worked with my business partner Ashley on, we were on kind of the more the front end side of supply chain to helping businesses design their hard products. So if you need a new line of mugs, you can put a product on our a project on our on our website, find a designer to work on it and go through the whole ideation process. And so as you can imagine in that process, we were sending around a lot of samples. And so what do you think about this material? What do you think about this version? And we were just kind of flabbergasted by how much packaging we were using with just this end of the production process, right? So we're not even talking about selling the product yet, but just the sample build out part of it. Wow. We were up to our, our, our ears in, in packaging. And so 
we designed what ended up being the first iteration of Lime Loop. Of course, we didn't know at the time for our own personal internal use. So how can we use reusable packaging to send these samples? They're already going back and forth. Why should we be grabbing new boxes and poly mailers every single time you want to send something? So fast forward to about five years after after Red Clay days and, you know, Ashley and I got back together and talked about like, well, well, what is there about this actual, maybe the product is in the actual packaging, right? So there's <laughs> there's something to this. And all the headwinds were, were pointing in that direction, right? The amount that we were shopping online had increased tenfold. In 2017, when we were having these conversations, the sword policy was just going into effect in China. So China was just saying, you know, we're no longer taking the world's garbage and the world's waste and recycling. And so we saw the writing on the wall about what was coming down the pike with this increase in in usage, but a decrease in opportunities to to find a second life for it and knew that Line Loop was a great opportunity. And so we didn't want to just stop at the packaging, right? Because we know from human behavior, if you give someone a reusable package (laughs) with no real way of sending it back or monitoring or any kind of technology built around it, we're going to have a bunch of packages either sitting in people's homes or we're going to have a bunch of packages <laughs> sitting in warehouses. And that is actually worse for the environment, of course, than if we had just stuck with the single-use packaging. Right. And so that's where that kind of technology standpoint and why the smart and smart reusable comes in. That's so true. And and it's the problem with reusable mm-hmm. is, oh man, what if they keep it? And I, I interviewed Tom Zaki a few weeks ago and his, their solution is, well, it's a deposit. So if the yeah. consumer keeps it, it's not a big deal. They can use it and the brand's not out any money because they their cost was covered and the consumer gets a really cool package and everybody kind of wins because the yeah. consumer will most likely reuse it a bunch of times. But let's talk about how you've identified this problem and rectified it. Yeah, so we kind of believe in you know giving people different options, right? So deposits are one of them. And so with technology, we're able to make that as easy as possible, right? So if you're building your platform already on Shopify, let's build those technologies and features directly into Shopify. So like if you build it, they will come type of thing. It's like, no, <laughs> let's build it where they are. Let's go where they are and build it there is kind of our mentality around that. The other side of that is just like really focusing on the experience itself, right? So we look at sending packages back, not only from the standpoint of having to be an altruistic person or a person who cares about the environment, we almost we almost design more for the person who doesn't care about the environment. Like, what do we need to do and put into place for that person who could, who could care less about whether or not we were using it to want to send it back? And so that's where everything from, you know, making it as easy as possible. So there's always a prepaid label already in there. So there's no printing out things, finding things, going to the post office. You flip over the label, you put it into your mailbox. It's actually easier than breaking down the box and putting it into your garbage pail. So how do we always optimize for that experience side of it? And then as a further incentive, you know, that's where the deposit programs come. That's where your discount off your next purchase can come, like the coupon that you receive as soon as we see that the package has been sent back. So there's all these little kind of triggers that we can pull. And our job as the people producing the packaging and partnering with the retailers is to make it as easy as possible for those things to be implemented, no matter how you're building, how you're selling, where you are, just make that as simple as possible. That's it. It has to be easy. It has to be Mm -hmm. intuitive. It has to be simple. Almost obvious, I would say. Exactly. And, and well done. Kudos to you. Appreciate it. Thank you. So let's talk about what the packaging is. What I saw, I, had, I haven't seen a sample yet, but what I saw looked like maybe a nylon or a canvas material and a, like a zipper pouch. Is that is that pretty accurate? Can you speak to it a little bit? Do you have one there you could show us? I 
actually do have one nearby. So cool. it is a, it's a recycled poly exterior. So there's materials. We really wanted to focus on diverting materials from the landfill, but also on really strong durability, right? So we wanted these packages to last because that's really where the ROI on the environmental comes in is when you're able to keep them in the system as long as possible, while also thinking through the next life of it. So it's a material that will last for a long time, but when the time has come, when it is eventually ripped to shreds, we can put them back into the stream and have them remade into new packages again. Oh, and they the are interior, recyclable. Good. They are recyclable, yeah. So the inside is a recycled cotton as well. And so, again, pulling from a waste stream gives it a nice kind of somewhat of a cushioning, but more of kind of that kind of luxe feel to it. And so we don't want to ever have people have to compromise on branding and experience of receiving a nice package. But how do we do that in a way that doesn't hurt the environment? When it comes in three different sizes today, we're actually getting ready to launch our next iteration of the packaging. Can't talk too much about it, but it, it will allow us to move <laughs> I, into I won't more listen. Fra- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it will allow us to move into more fragile goods. So think more of a structured box experience to allow us to have more of those products that need more protection than just a soft pouch to be able to be shipped in. That's an excellent, excellent design and very, very well made. It looks very high end. I would say if I received that, I'd be intrigued, first of all, not just because I'm a packaging pro, but because I'm stoked on packaging it's neat you know so the cotton on the inside is a great idea because it's non-abrasive is that the reasoning for that it is yeah so it kind of creates like a nice soft cushioning it's it's a nicer experience because it does cover up a lot of the connections and the sewing and the things like that so it kind of gives a more seamless experience because and that's one of the questions we get from brands all the time like can I brand this? How do I make this my own? How do I kind of set myself apart by the packaging? And I'm like, the packaging itself, by switching to reusable, you've already done that. You've already checked all of those boxes. But, you know, I think what happens is people, pun intended, are are still thinking in the (laughs) box, right? And so you're used to being able to slap their name all over everything and putting tissue paper and having to do all these essentially gimmicks to make themselves stand out from the crowd. But I'm like, all you need to do is send out that email saying that you're switching to reusables and all of the advantages that means for the environment. And you have checked all of your branding boxes and then some and setting yourself apart and, and, and making a really nice statement for your customers. I love it. It's you're exactly right. It's a PR move and it's the best kind because it's legitimately better for the environment. How many times can these things be reused? Yeah, so they're designed to be used at least 200 times. And so we really wow. wanted to make sure to optimize for that. And and so our job actually comes in for making sure that they go back and forth enough time to get to those 200, right? So it's one thing to design for a number of uses, another thing to make sure that they actually see that number in the flow and they don't, like I said, end up stuck in a home at some point and not making their way back into the stream. And so we've right. we've done the design part. So now we, we work with our retailers to make sure that we're actually keeping the logistics part of it flowing. That's amazing. You mentioned some technology when we first started talking. Is each one of these tracked by a, a QR code or something like that? Yeah. So we talk about technology in, in two forms. So what you're referring to is the hardware component. And so we, we said, hey, we have packages in our last 200 times. Like, Let's learn yeah. more about it. Let's really optimize these experiences. And 
and use that as the basis for why we recreate technology, not just for technology's sake and not that's going to end up in the garbage every time. So on the hardware side, we're able to look at things like tracking the location. We're able to track that temperature. So you can think of really great use cases for food wow. and, and pharmaceuticals. And then what we refer to as the engagement tracker. So when, it, when these packages have been open and so really great from a security standpoint, we're starting to build those narratives around, you know, a package being open before it's been delivered so you know it's been tampered with and also as we start to move like you know towards trying to recreate this ad store experience in the home you know it makes so much more sense for me to to open up a package take out that pair of jeans and that's when it makes sense to be asked if it fit properly do you need another size so imagine like the same experience you have inside of a waiting room actually happening kind of in your home and then I know I'm guilty of this I always say I want the next I choose the next day shipping and the next day delivery (laughs) But I don't actually get to open them until Saturday. So what does it look like to actually have that data around interaction and say like, no, Chantal, it makes more sense for us to bring all of these deliveries together to you on Saturday. It's better for the environment. It's better cost effective. And we know that it's when you actually are, do, are doing that. So it's how do we kind of learn more about that? And then on the platform side of things, you know, our, our real root and core of it is the ESG and the ERP data that we're able to level up to people. So at a individual customer level, aggregated at a brand level, how much resources are you saving? Water, oil, and trees by making this shift, as well as the CO2 emissions. So like, let's, let's bring all that information together. Let's make real decisions based on what we're saving. And as, you know, legislation starts to move in that direction, you know, that right. reporting is becoming more and more important and, and crucial and critical, but people don't have the numbers, right? And so they, they right. want to report the numbers, but they don't have the numbers available. So we know that this tool can really help move you towards having that information at your fingertips. That's incredible. So it's like a real-time life cycle analysis, it sounds exactly. like. Exactly. Wow. And that's part of your software that you include to your customers. Yeah. So we ran an LCA before we even launched the company because we said, you know, there's no point in launching if the numbers aren't there. <laughs> Good and for so we you. had this really, thank you, appreciate that, had this really, really rich data we, we had at our fingertips. We said, look, let's just make that available to everyone then. Now that we know what a one-to-one package means and, and add in the, the distance that is traveling, and we can spit out exactly how much it's being impacted and saved by using that re- reusable. Amazing. Did you find, uh, what was the tipping point? Like how many times did I have to reuse it to make it more sustainable than a single use package? Yeah. So compared to a cardboard box, it takes about six trips to equal out the the impact of a cardboard box. And then relative, I mean, it's hard. We can have a whole podcast on the 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 single (laughs) use plastic poly mailers, but just just LCA strictly related, not talking about, you know, ocean plastics or anything like that. It's about 12 uses to get to the equivalent of a a poly mailer just because they're so light that the transportation is 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 hard to compete with until you get to 12 trips. That's a lot lower than I thought. I, I would yeah. have said, you know, you, you hear things like a cotton tote has to be used 137 times before it, it's more sustainable than a single use plastic bag. I don't know. It does, you hear different numbers all the time. You, you're not really sure what to trust or, or who to believe, but you listen to the people like you that have done life cycle analysis and have real data and have done it over and over again to see this is real. So well done. Exactly. And it's not, and we didn't get there overnight, right? And so a lot of the decisions that we made allowed us to get to those numbers. And so when you talk mm-hmm. about the the plastic, the cotton canvas, 
you know, the difference between using a virgin material and the upcycled material weighs a lot into that initial impact numbers and things like that. So you have to actively make these decisions in both the material costs, you know, your manufacturer part. We recently isolated some partners in Mexico because a lot of that impact that we were having is that initial transportation from China over to here. And so like making these really thoughtful decisions about the manufacturing partner process allows us to get closer to those those numbers that we that we are are aiming for. Yeah, that's a big reduction in a carbon footprint if you can make in North America. Well done. Excellent decision. You mentioned customizing them. Do you leave that option open to customers? Could somebody screen print it or put a label on it or is that against the rules? So we do, we, we refer to it as kind of modular branding. And so we work with our designers to create ways to allow for unique branding that can be swapped out if necessary, right? And so it doesn't pull it completely out of the stream. Because on my my euphoria perfect world <laughs> is that, yeah. you know, the bags, you don't own a bag as a retailer. It's just yeah. the one that you're using at the time. And so it could be one that came from Everlane today that's going to Reformation tomorrow, right? And so the more that you can keep the bags in the stream and let it be the closest place that needs a reusable gets it, not going back to the original source, the better it is for everybody, financially, environmentally, and all of that. So when we think about branding, it's always how, if you really, really want it, you can have it. But (laughs) these are the very definitive ways that it can be done. And all of these ways are optimized for being swapped out eventually if we, or removed if we need to. No, that's excellent. And where do they all get shipped back to a central hub or is it, automated with some kind of an AI where let's say you ship me one and there's somebody that needs one in Oregon, I'll send it to them. Is that how it works? So today it is going back to the original sender of it. Yeah. And but but we are putting partnerships into place to allow us to move to that, you know, optimized return. Right. That's to me, that's like the brass ring. Like you definitely once that's the unicorn over here. We're we're working on it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think collaboration is key. And, and you know, one of the exciting parts about being in reusable packaging is there is a lot of collaboration. I feel like we we don't have that same kind of silo mentality that other industries might have. We all yeah. recognize the need for each other and collectiveness to make this work at scale. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely true. Absolutely correct. And very exciting what you're doing. I'm totally impressed. How do we get in touch with you if we're, if we're ready to buy some of these? Yeah, so we are thelimeloop.com and the Lime Loop on all social media. So get in touch. We have a really great way to actually coordinate to talk to one of our reuse specialists directly on the on the website so sign up for some time to chat with one of our reuse specialists and we'll get you going soon great thank you chantal this has been really awesome and i'm excited to learn about your new projects that you won't tell us about yet so (laughs) will you come on again in a few months when you i would love to that That would be amazing thank you so much and thank you landsberg aurora for sponsoring this podcast If you're listening, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and give us a review. We appreciate it. Thanks. Take care. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive, Mr. Matthew Wright helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. 
Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.